Talking CRM with Jeff and David, getting the best value for the whole organization from your integrated CRM and accounting systems. David Beard, CRM Principal, and Jeff Richards, Head of Training Program Development for Sage CRM, spend time chatting with customers, resellers, and others about Sage CRM in action around the globe. In this episode, Gary talks about managing the cultural changes with the introduction of a new system, the changes to closure rates and other metrics seen across the sales team, and the pivotal moment when CRM delivered a fundamental shift for their business. Should we talk about the cultural changes that at that point or was it later on? Cultural changes were interesting. I mean, how many times we work with people, they drive these decisions and people scratch their heads. And we had evolved from a bunch of men and women out carrying their bags to a bunch of men and women out with laptops and, and smartphones. There has been a profound evolution in that customer interface. Now we said, oh, by the way, you now have this other thing that you have to interact with. Candidly, I think some may have saw CRM as a overseer technology. That was not why we got it. Uh, we hire people, we trust them, we send them out in the field to represent this. I don't feel the need to have an overseer technology with them. I could see as a salesperson, all of a sudden I have to log in, I have to enter all this data in, uh, management's looking at it. That took a while to get over that aspect that CRM was not necessarily a disciplinary tool. How did you do that? Did you incentivize people to use it or did you just sort of keep the drumbeat going about this is why we're using it? Yeah, so this this took this took some time. It took tremendous amount of patience. And, and from a leadership standpoint, uh, different companies have different views on how they implement CRM. We took a very long, long view. Uh, when I say long, it took years to fully get everybody's buy-in. So what we in essence had, so you're in front of a customer, you're presenting a product, you now need to generate a quote. That's the, the gestation of, of our business. Meet, discuss, evaluate, quote, purchase order, ship, invoice, right? So we looked and said, how do we at some point require the use of CRM without being dictatory? And the answer was, quote, all the information was in CRM. Everything that our internal staff needed to generate a quotation was resident in CRM. Heretofore, a salesperson had to type all the information in, use a, a form, send it in. Now, all they had to simply do is there's a dialog box. I want to quote one widget, two gizmos. Here's the pricing. Here's whatever special features and boom. They're so very much a carrot approach. I'm going to make your life easier. Why wouldn't yeah. you use this? Why yeah. wouldn't you use it? In the first year, it was just interact with it. Second year was really, okay, we're going to move quoting CRM. It was amazing. The people who were somewhat resistant, exactly your point, they realized this is actually somewhat easier. So maybe I'm not going to resist as much. And, and we, again, we were very patient. If somebody didn't use CRM to quote, we gave them plenty of time. And ultimately, then we had some, some everybody adopted it because at, at the end of the day, I had to realize this was really easier. Yeah. The, the next thing that we did was, Earlier in our discussion, we talked about a lead. A lead is a is a, is a dollar sign, right? It, it's it's a potential sale, but it also costs somebody something to produce it. Those somebody's who are paying that money want to know what they're getting for their dollar. So then we said, how do we follow up? And that's where then CRM allows us to run reports, so we know exactly the minute the time that the, the lead is entered. We know exactly when a quote was done, we know, or, or a customer says, no, I'm not interested, or whatever. 
everything is memorialized. So it's no longer memory. We don't have to remember anything. We just go, I just run a report and I can see and be able to provide feedback to our partners, our manufacturing partners. You spent all this money with this great ad agency and they made all these promises. It's either there or it isn't. It's very black, it's very white. There's no gray, there's no interpretation. It is what it is. And we can then tell you almost to the penny what that effort generated so, in results. So that's the beginning of the a parallel chapter of return on investment story. It's not only the filing cabinets, the efficiency internally, it's the guys who are giving you money. You go, here's, here's why it works or, or equally why it doesn't, right? But at least you can prove it, as you say, in black and white. The other thing that we noticed, think about how the evolution of buying as a human being, just 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, if you wanted to buy a piece of capital equipment, it would not be uncommon for you to call a company, expect a day or two for someone to call you back. Some point, set an appointment, the person comes in, so this process could take days, weeks even. And you were okay with that because kind of that's the way things were. Then we had cell phone technology. Then we had pagers. Then we had the internet. Now, what has happened is your tolerance for response is shrunk. There is nobody I've ever run into who says, oh, you know, all this technology, you can take your time, no worries. No, it's measured by hours, minutes, sadly, sometimes seconds. When someone hits a I want to be contacted lead request, they're not waiting days anymore. They're not even waiting hours or on the next person. So what CRM has helped us to do is then all that goes right into our, our programming. An email is sent out to the salesperson. They can immediately contact the customer. All of that data is resident. So we can immediately respond to customer needs. And oh, by the way, if our salesperson happens to be on vacation, out sick, guess what? Our management team can then say, great, we see it, boom, we're right on it. And what we've found in the studies that we've looked at and the research that's been done, not by us, because we're not, that's not what we do, but we read bright people right on the subject is your closing rate increases with the rapidity at which you respond to a customer, especially that initial response. The, the higher the percentage is that you're going to close that business. And, and the, the inverse is also true, the longer you wait, the less the chance that you're going to get the business. So that's partly, I suppose, part of that is an emotional response. Why hasn't the guy called me back, guy or girl called me back? And there's exactly. also the reality is that someone else will beat you to it, right? Exactly. So. Both are correct. Yeah. Both are correct. So how else without CRM? How else would you manage that data, fishing fashion, to be able to provide that type of customer response? I have a feeling our chat is going to pivot a lot around the culture. The sales folks in your organization you must have shared that data about speed of reply and, and, and reality of closing deals. Do they see it? Do they believe it? Do they understand it? They, they, they certainly do now because they've seen the increase in their own results. What do they say? Seeing is believing. And when you begin to, to see that when I call these folks back quickly, we are a commissioned-based sales agency. Our sales team doesn't get paid until the transaction of the event. So the, the greater the number of transactions, the, the, the higher the income potential. So they tend to understand very intuitively that tools and technologies that help them to close more business, A, it keeps customers happy. And, and we are in relationship building customers. So we're not like an automobile car dealership where you, know, you might buy a car from one dealer and then you probably only buy that same make or model the next year. We have a finite number of customers. They are in the life sciences industry. Our job is to have 20, 30, 40 year relationships with these people or longer. 
And we now have generational relationships where fathers have gone to sons and daughters uh, in our business. So we can't simply say, well, you know, we don't have that customer, we'll find another one. That's not how our business works. So we have to make sure that we're delivering every single time because you might have that customer for your entire career, cannot afford to be not responsive to them. Do you ever use the system to tell you who of your customer base is not worth having? Or does it not um, work in your business like that? It's No, because you know, sometimes with capital equipment, again, I'll relate to yourself. How many refrigerators have you bought in your life for your house? <laughs> yeah, a couple, true. right? But when yeah. you need one, you need one, right? Right. There's no qualification out, really. You're either right. in or, yeah, okay. Yeah, so if you found a good supplier and you bought your refrigerator, and now all of a sudden your range or your stove or your oven isn't working, the chances are you're going to go back to that person. You say, you know yeah. what? They took care of me for the refrigerator. I'm going to give them a chance for the range. Our business is the same. We have what we consider homogeneous product that all mesh together so that you may buy a refrigerator one day, and we might not sell you another refrigerator for four or five years because why would we? It's running. You don't need another one. But you might need another centrifuge, incubator, autoclave. And you say, you know, that guy took, girl took really good care of me from my refrigerator. I'm going to give him a shot. And that's how we built our business with those homogeneous products so that we can then go in and say, OK, you might not need this today. You, you find that you're having success in your business. And instead of one laboratory, now you have three. Now you have to start duplicating equipment. Who are you going to call? You're going to call the person that you had a good experience with. And we'll, we have so many stories of small little businesses, one in two person biotech companies that are now Fortune 500 companies that we started when they were in rented space and using hand-me-down stuff. And now you probably have them in your retirement account. You know, and it's it's really, really cool to see it. And, and we're one of the few businesses where you can go from, from the bench to the boardroom in a matter of a couple of years if you have the right products. And it's a very satisfying feeling, isn't it? Yeah, Is there it's someone really who works, cool in our business yeah. to see that. And so we want to be with our customers for that journey, obviously. And so how do you do that when you're used to calling on Dr. A and Dr. B, and now all of a sudden Dr. A and Dr. B, they're way up in the stratosphere administratively. You have to be able then to, to accurately catalog all the people that you have to come into contact with. I would pose to you, if you're a salesperson and you cover, cover London for us, you might have two or 300 quotes for 150 different customers. How do you stay current with that? Mm. How do you possibly follow up? How do you deliver the service that our manufacturers expect us as salespeople to deliver? Having to manage that data at that level, day in, day out, week in and week out. The old days, what'd you do? You carried this huge attache case with files and paper and all this other stuff. And oh, by the way, you know, every year new products come out and you have to have paper versions of those too. Utterly impossible. CRM has allowed us to do it becomes what I'll term as a force multiplier. I can then have a single salesperson work more efficiently than he or she could have 10 or 15 years ago. What else have you done with partners? Because for you, I'm guessing this force multiplier expression you used earlier must work for you to be a trusted vendor on behalf of your partners. Am I right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, because we're constantly competing with other forms of distribution. 
we are not exclusive. We'd love to be, and we are with a few of our with our suppliers. But the trends seem to be broadline distribution. So we have huge companies that we would be competing with, such as Thermo Fisher Scientific. You probably heard of them. It's a multi-multi-billion dollar concern. It has tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of employees. More seventy-five. If you're a manufacturer, how do I eat against that? So I have to bring something to the table. I have to cause you to look and say, hmm, I like what they have to say. I think this might make sense. And so what that forces us to do is constantly be better, constantly more innovative, constantly be more customer focused, not just focus at the exclusion of the manufacturing partner. Then look at their needs, their pain points. What are they trying to accomplish? And ultimately, in a weird way, sell to our suppliers. We are an outsourced service. We are a product. Our, our products are people. Our product is our ability to have access to the market, to be able to, to evangelize your product, and to provide you a best possible distribution partner that you could find. We're uh, up against some really big, big, big players. That's a very powerful point as well. Can you measure that? Was there any particular pivotal moment when the system just delivered for the company that you said that was a change that was amazing? Yeah, I think I have one for you. We're always competing for mm-hmm. the market share from our suppliers, right? So we have to prove we're a better choice. And one of the larger, most significant partnerships we had was with a multinational company who came in and they had traditionally used smaller distribution throughout the states. And in essence, they said, you know, why should we change? We're very happy, things are going well. And right. So we brought them in and we explained what our philosophy was and, and how we had uh, a system. And the system was our state's airhammer. It caught their attention. So as it turns out, this was something they were looking into themselves. And they said, oh, you do? And the, the, the discussion pivoted from tell me about how you represent us to, ooh, tell me about all these systems you have and how does this work and how does this integrate and how does this connect to marketing? And it was a fascinating thing because you can imagine if you were in my place, you're here presenting your company. Now all of a sudden we're talking about a Sage product and how it's helping us to be better and helping us to manage data. And you've you've pivoted the conversation from you selling yourself to them to them buying from you at that point, right? Exactly. And and the the end result was uh, that Friday, uh, they had canceled their relationships with these other companies and had had signed up with us. And it's been one of our uh, most uh, successful, shall I say, partnerships that we've Seriously? ever had in our company. And I would love to think it's our wonderful, talented people because they are great and I love them. But they were focused on something that, that we had that differentiated us. They saw in our philosophy, our automation and our ability to manage data. And that, that it all gets down to how do you manage data? How do you correlate it? How do you then prove return on investment like we talked about earlier? And their other choices didn't provide them with that. And we did at LabRepco. So for them, the decision was, was quite immediate and, um, and it was quite successful. It's been, again, one of our most successful relationships we've had. And, and I, I, wish it was, uh, I wish it was just my, my wonderful personality, but it was absolutely, without a doubt, what they saw in how we used technology. And in our case, it was the Sage technology that showed them that we were a serious player. And could manage their relationship. That's a fantastic story. In the next episode, Gary reflects on how being an employee-owned company has influenced employee ownership of CRM, 
how his 20-year relationship with their Sage reseller partner, LLB Group, has helped them realize the potential of CRM and their plans for evolving CRM in the near future. You've been listening to Talking CRM with Jeff and David, getting the best for the whole organization from your integrated CRM and accounting systems. 